right, guys, I am going to give you the two exercises that I give all of my shoulder pain patients at the beginning. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Shoulder pain is one of those um, one of those issues that can be a little finicky from time to time, uh, similar to what we see for like lower back pain. But and to be all honesty, I would much rather take a low back pain pace than a shoulder case because the shoulder's complex, and I love working with shoulder uh, shoulder shoulders, uh, individuals and clients that have shoulder issues, because I think there's great opportunity to really unlock a lot of potential. But we're going to walk through a little bit about the anatomy of the shoulder joint to provide us a little bit of contents, context for the two exercises that I give at the beginning for all of my shoulder pain patients. So now what you have to understand about the shoulder joint, it is a ball and socket joint. But to paint a picture for you, the shoulder joint or the shoulder complex better yet is comprised of really three bones okay and uh and their function is is quite dynamic based on the fact of how those three systems move together those three bones but as far as the system we have a bunch of muscles ligaments and connective tissue as well so we have the clavicle the clavicle is the only is the third bone but the only other bony attachment that connects the shoulder to the rest of our body all other attachments are through muscles uh, and connective tissue okay now the other two bones is going to be your shoulder blade or your scapula and then the humerus or your upper arm now the humerus is the ball of the ball and socket joint and the scapula or the shoulder blade is the socket of the ball and socket joint. Now, when most people consider a ball and socket joint, we think of this kind of engulfing socket that just sits all around the ball that gives it its stability and control. But the relationship is more or less of a golf ball on a golf tee. So even if you're not a golfer, you can appreciate that a golf ball rests on top of a golf tee. It is not encompassed by the golf tee. Otherwise, that would be coming with it. Now, why is this so important? The reason why this is so important is this relationship gives the shoulder all of its wonderfully huge long, or sorry, huge gross range of motion, right? This allows for us to bring our arms straight up overhead at 180 degrees. It allows us to reach out behind us. It allows us to perform functions such as brachiation, which is a um, which is a movement passed down from our ancestors of the um, uh, of of monkeys and orangutans and chimpanzees and great apes, essentially, right? It allows us to swing from tree to tree, uh, as we as we maybe used to do back in the day. But more importantly, right, is it is it creates it, it in turn has inherent instability. A golf ball and a golf tee can very easily fall off, and so the role, or sorry, and I apologize. And so, what helps us control that? If the humerus or the ball of the ball and socket can easily pass over the the platform of the shoulder blade to give us good range of motion, right? Then it has the ability to slide off. It is controlled through a labrum, but more importantly, it is controlled through the rotator cuff. Now, if anyone has injured their shoulder before, you've probably given a couple banded exercises where you're just basically holding a band and then you're turning your arm in and out, creating external or internal rotation. Now, these are great exercises for isolating the rotator cuff and specific muscles to help build a little bit of isometric strength and strength and tendons. So I, I do think they are valid and, and used to a certain component, but they are overused. And especially when we're talking about shoulder pain issues that don't have a lot of 
pain or we're, or through our assessment, we know there's not a, a tendon issue, a tendon tear or a muscle issue, okay? But the main role is collectively all of the rotator cuff muscles help hold the ball of the ball and socket in the socket, right? So if you were to imagine that golf ball on the golf tee, now imagine you have on all four sides of the ball, these tendons or these arms that come and pull that ball straight down into the socket, right? So the ball can still articulate and roll and groove, but through the combined nature of how all those pull, all those tendons pull and work together, it keeps the head of the humerus, the head of the arm, the ball and the ball and socket as, as centered into the socket as possible. Now this is important because the if, if you can if you can centralize that joint complex together, it will allow for the maximum amount of range of motion. Let's say for instance, the ball, the, the head of the humerus is sitting too far up on the socket and then you're trying to take your arm up overhead. Well, it's gonna start crashing into the clavicle and the AC joint, thus creating impingement syndrome and different, thing, di different kind of symptoms like that. Or if you're traveling too far forward um, uh, because you have hyper hypermobility or ligament laxity, uh, either genetically or from injuries, you run the risk of, of uh, subluxating or dislocating your shoulder joint, right? So we need all of these pieces working together. So in the case, again, context, going back to our movements, the two main movements that I give for all shoulder pain patients at the beginning is compression, and distraction okay so the rotator cuff when i'm in when i'm compression essentially is my arm is being compressed up into the socket right now depending on the angle that arm is going to be stressed or forced and pushed in all sorts of different directions and then the rotator cuff has to control that positioning now vice versa distraction the arm is trying to get pulled away from the body and when that pulling motion is creating some gapping in that ball and socket joint well the rotator cuff has to again suck in and pull and try to centrate that the head of the humerus in 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 the, in the socket so we start off with basic ring suspension trainer or trx rows this is probably one of the top five exercises that i think everyone could be doing more to improve their shoulder strength range of motion and function hands down it is one of the easiest things you can do you can make your own suspension trainer you need a rope and a handle you need somewhere to anchor it up that simple it's fantastic okay now it, it, what's great about it is you can change <clears throat> You can change how challenging it is by simply moving further and further under base of support. Uh, but that's for another time of breaking that movement down. Now, so what this does though, is as we're challenging the joint, we are having constant traction pulling on the shoulder in various shoulder positions. So consider, consider at the bottom of the row, my arms are out in front of me, right? So it's kind of pulling my arm out in front of me. But at the top of the row, I'm pulling my hands towards my chest. And now all of a sudden, my elbows are pointing, you know, kind of down into the side. So the orientation of my arm to the socket has changed but yet there still is this pulling force on that. And so then my muscles are counteracting and pulling all, all, this, all while trying to make the, the main movers around my shoulders, my back muscles, my traps, my rhomboids, my deltoids, stronger in a pull type of manner, but then underlying all that is the rotator cuff and all the stabilization muscles that are required to keep the head of the humerus in the proper position so that the deltoid and all those other muscles we just talked about can do what they need to do.
If not, you're not optimizing function. And there's a relationship which we're not going to get into right now, but we'll talk about it in another episode uh, here coming up, is the strength uh, length tension relationship, right? And again, we're going to, so if you want to know more about that, we're going to do another short episode about the length tension relationship. But, But essentially, that is how we optimize that. Now, the counter of that is some sort of a compression movement. Now, if you're having shoulder pain, oftentimes, you know, maybe not a full push-up would feel good. So we might start with like an inclined plank. Uh, We might even start with some isometric holds with like a kettlebell. But more times than not, I'm doing some sort of an inclined plank, inclined push-up to create the compressive forces that I'm looking for. Now, again, we're talking about the first two. So you're subacute, you're acute, or you have some sort of uh, long-standing chronic condition that we need to rebuild how we stabilize the shoulder. Because more more times than not, the issue when we're talking about shoulder is a lack of mobility and stability, but those relationships work hand in hand and unlock each other. And so through compression, we now challenge the shoulder, right? As you're compressing and pushing that shoulder into the socket, can I properly orientate the shoulder blade where I need it to be? And can I properly orientate the head of the humerus to the shoulder blade to maximize my control and ability to then generate force, such as in a push-up, such as in a burpee, such as in a bench press, right? all of those different varieties and positions in which I need prime movers such as pec, chest, upper trap, so and so forth, again, to be able to generate big force. Again, rotator cuff muscles are not for generating force, right? Therefore, therefore stabilizing the orientation and the position of the ball and socket, the head of the humerus onto the shoulder blade so that the big muscles can do what they need to do. And it is a steering issue more times than not that is not only preventing your mobility but also your generate to your ability to generate more force and or creating again function over structure your function is creating structural issues of irritation that then have generated pain so when you deal with proper stabilization through distraction and compression top two exercises you see so many shoulder issues just melt away and 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 when i say melt away not only in the immediate but now individuals are having more empowerment because like oh i used to not be able to do this exercise because shoulder pain but now that i understand shoulder mechanics boom everything feels better right indicating it wasn't a structural issue it was how you were doing it okay so if you are dealing with shoulder pain those are the top two i would give you Try them out, see how it goes. If you're unsure how it applies, you're maybe having some pain still with those, doesn't mean it's the wrong exercise. Again, it might be application might be a timing issue as well, but reach out to us, right? We do online consultations, we do remote coaching, because again, more this is about finding the right exercises at the right time for you, and then building a progressive plan to make those more challenging to to elicit adaptation, but to also elicit and generate more confidence in your bodies and, and, and your ability of understanding how you move to leverage and generate better tension. So uh, if you're having shoulder pain or if you know of someone having shoulder pain, please share this with them. I guarantee it'll help them. And if you don't have some form of suspension trainer, make one or go buy one. They are cheap. It is a fantastic tool that I think everyone should have for not only strength generation, but also mobility. Until next time, guys, live loud. What's up?